How's it going, horror fans? This is Fear on Tap, a semi-weekly podcast dedicated to our love of horror entertainment, haunting rabbit holes, and of course, beer. This is one of your hosts, Miles Dompier. And this is your other host, Amish Yeson. And welcome to episode nine. Today, we'll be gushing about the gore, the greatness, and the gameplay of Evil Dead the Game. But first, oh, mate, it's been a minute. What spooky stuff have you been into? So, a lot of things. And yeah, uh, it's been a while. Apologies for uh, our lovely audience. Uh, you know, uh, scheduling has been crazy and the universe has been trolling us for <laughs> to, you know, to prevent us from <laughs> recording. But we're here now. We're here now. Um, so, lately in the last couple of weeks, so obviously been playing Evil Dead, the game. Um, but another game that's been consuming my entire soul is V Rising. Um, V Rising, for those who don't know uh, what game that is, it's a it's a game that's out in early access. It is a survival game, uh, open world, um, and all I can sort of compare it to is as if like Rust, Valheim, and Diablo had a child together, a threesome child, I guess. But yeah, because it, it's it's a survival game with vampires and things like that, and. Visually, it kind of looks like a Diablo type game, but it's really not. It's a survival with crafting. You can make your base. Um, you can have like PVE servers, PVP servers, and it's really, really, really fun. And I'm like addicted, addicted. And uh, it's cheap. It's like 20 bucks. And yeah, it's an early access, but it's pretty polished for, for, for an early access. I've been impressed, honestly. And uh, yeah, and then other than that, I've been rewatching Buffy because I always do like at least once a year. Um, so I've been uh, having fun uh, sort of just rewatching Buffy and feeling nostalgic. Uh, but yeah, what about you? I've noticed you've been on V-Rising a lot. Mm -hmm. How many, how many yeah. hours have you dumped into that so far? Ooh, In wait, what, a week? Check. Has it been a week? Ooh. 95.3 hours. Oh, <laughs> wow. Okay. That's impressive. Because, yeah, I'm not exaggerating. Every time I like look at Discord, it's like V Rising. Oh, there it is. Like, uh oh. Yeah. But so, to be fair, that's not all correct because I've also just like left it open because I kind of just leave it on the side with sound on just because in case we get raided. Like, so sometimes I'll be like doing other things and like at night, like I'm not just playing V Rising all the time. It's just that it's been open a lot. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I've I've only played about an hour. I need to I need to really sit down and, and dive into it deeper. I was a little salty. Didn't work on Steam Deck. Um, that's um. disappointing. But yeah, I'm I'm huge into art. I used to be on a big PVP server and you're talking mm. about the the raids. We used to have a yeah, group yeah. chat and we would all be, you know, living our normal lives and then somebody would blow up the chat saying, yeah. "We're being raided." <laughs> exactly. Oh my god, hurry and then everybody would try to like jump online and protect yeah. the base and it's getting bombarded <laughs> with T-Rexes and rocket launchers and so hearing that element of it, that gets me really excited. Um yeah. What would you say are the biggest selling points for someone like like me, who mm -hmm. enjoys that genre, but maybe like Ark, like I think about the PTSD of playing Ark on a PvP <laughs> server. And I'm like, am I ready? Am I ready to be heard again? 
I think the, so the biggest thing, first of all, is it has a very attractive price point, first of all, because it's not expensive. Um, second of all, there's a ton of PVE content. So I would say that compared to a lot of, you know, survivals like Rust or like, um, you know, Valheim and things like that, um, the amount of PVE content make it so that people tend to have a balanced focus, you know, instead of just being it, being it like pure sort of like violent unhinged PVP, <laughs> you know, like in order to advance, you sort of have to, to like, uh, you know, focus on PVE as well. So I would say that like, while there's still that, you know, um, stress that comes with, you know, building your base and being afraid that, you know, people are going to raid, raid you and everything. I think the, the amount of PVE content and there's like bosses and things like that. And if you want to level up, you have to beat like bosses and things like that. So people are focusing on that because early on you can't really raid anybody because raiding a base is very, very expensive in terms of resources. So I think I personally had a, a better time compared to like a rust experience because because yeah, like you can't just jump on a server and, you know, fuck shit up, you know, like you kind of have to, you know, level up, take your time. So, you know, people are sort of like all balanced in how they're experiencing the game. I would say like, it's a very half and half. Some people are going to be a bit more into PVP, but more in terms of like fighting with other people, less than raiding, I would say. Um, so, so yeah, so it's a little bit chiller in terms of PVP experience I've found. Um, but uh, but there's still that, as that, that, that aspect that's very much there, especially when you get in the higher levels, because that's at that point where people are like, all right, I beat the bosses. I'm high level. I have a lot of resources. So now it's about to fuck shit up. So depending on the the like age of the server that you join, that's something to look into. Like if the server is old, maybe be a bit more careful. If you want to take your time, maybe join a newer server <laughs> so that everybody's sort of like lower level. But um, but yeah, but other than that, it's gorgeous. Um, and I like that it's visually very different from other, you know, survivals that we've seen. It's not a first person, you know, kind of like realistic thing. No, it's vampires and like werewolves and monsters. And it's very horror-y in vibe. So, yeah. All right. Well, you'll have to hold my hand through the beginning and, and yeah, get me yeah. into that end game. <laughs> um, so I've played a little bit of that, but mostly I've been um, getting back in that Ash versus Evil Dead, the yeah. the series, which I did enjoy the first time around. Obviously, big Evil Dead fan enjoyed the series, but going back and rewatching it now that I'm playing the game, it's it's really made me appreciate the one liners so much more. And I'm really I'm actually enjoying it a lot more the second time around because I'm picking up on the little things mm. and then just like really appreciating the the new really dumb tone of Ash. Because, again, it's it's been a long time in Ash versus Evil Dead since his adventures in the early days. Yeah, yeah. And they made him like way dumber. And he's, just he's very campy. Yeah, yeah he's, he's way more ridiculous than this. And mm -hmm. at first I was like, ah, I kind of liked his you know, ignorant kind of semi occasionally badass vibe like that balance. But now he's just like stupid and doesn't care and just leans into that. And it's made me appreciate it so much more. So if you haven't watched that, I think all three seasons are on Netflix too, if you're curious to check mm -hmm. it out. Um, but yeah, loving it, loving it. And uh, you've, have you been playing evil Dead as well? I'm assuming. <laughs> oh yes. Yeah. That's, we're going to be talking all about that, but I've mm -hmm. been, I just, what's sad is I've been going hard. I don't even have 95 hours in Evil Dead, the game. Is, so <laughs> I got to say that I'm, cl I'm getting close. I'm getting close. But yeah, yeah. I just step up my game here. Damn. 
All right, let's talk about uh, beer pairings for this week's episode, because, you know, nothing goes together quite like horror and a good beer. So, for my pick this week, I found the perfect beer. The perfect beer. And I, mm. I laughed out loud to myself when I was, like, browsing the beer selection, <laughs> trying to find a beer to pair with Evil Dead. And I found one from Mason Aleworks out of San Marcos, California, called Nelson Nomicon. And it's a hazy double IPA with Nelson hops, a few others. Um, but yeah, it's got the demon on the cover. It's the Necronomicon, if you're familiar Hell with yeah. Evil Dead. Just the 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 perfect pairing. Uh, the beer's intense. It's strong, but it's hazy, so it's a little juicy, a little tart. But uh, two of those, and let me tell you, you're, you're feeling real good. You're feeling real good. <laughs> Yeah, that's uh, that's that's the perfect beer, honestly. For me, like I um I didn't have the time to like go and search for a beer, so I sort of just panicked and went to the convenience store. And because I've been playing V Rising and I've been very into like vampires lately, I've been drinking wine a lot. So I literally just bought like my go-to like convenience store wine, so it's nothing impressive. It's a it's a ten dollar uh bottle, you know. Um, <laughs> yeah. So nothing impressive. So I'm not really participating in the beer segment this this week. But uh, I think your beer counts for the both of us. It's the perfect. <laughs> it perfect was pairing. yeah. It's one of those like we'll probably never have another beer pairing that perfect on the mm-hmm. show ever again. But I agree. There we go. All right. So cheers to episode nine and cheers to Evil Dead, the game. And mine's already open. So sorry. You don't get the satisfying. <laughs> that was a that was a good imitation. Yeah. Not too shabby. All right. Let's dive into the pointless tally. And again, a little, little different for a video game. But in Evil Dead, the game, we have five brutally difficult single player missions. Oh, God. Yeah. Four iconic chins. Three devious demons, two unique ways to play, and one pair of putrid pendulous breasts. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. We're going to talk about those uh, single player missions. Oh, Lord. Oh, yeah. Uh, we got some thought. Everyone <laughs> universally agrees that they are. They need some tweaking. Yeah. And so this week, usually um, I have like funny reviews for you guys, but I've been struggling to find them because um, the game is not on Steam and usually that's where I find ridiculous reviews. Um, Miles mentioned going on Xbox. I'm not on Xbox, so I didn't think of it. So I don't have funny reviews, but if you find funny reviews, definitely send them to us either on Discord or through uh, Twitter. I'm always um, looking forward to read some ridiculous uh, reviews, whether they're funny or just silly. Uh, Let us know. So I don't have any like funny reviews for you this week, but um, but yeah, so that's my bad. I do apologize, um, but uh, you know we can just dive into the, the 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 game talk. An epic game store. Step up your review game, yes, all right? Uh, Come on, we need it for the content. If you're gonna keep getting all these exclusives, <laughs> you better let us have terrible community give reviews. Give us the cesspools. Give yeah. us. <laughs> Let the let the people share their thoughts. Ten thousand hours on record. I do not recommend this game. Yeah, absolute trash. Oh my god. Oh, that's so true. We those see all the these best. those people on Steam like with literal like thousands of hours, and they're like, "This game is like trash." And it's thumbs like, down. Bro. Do not recommend. Just, are you playing this game out of pure spite? Like, what is your motivation to put a thousand hours into this game and then tell people not to play it? I mean, I guess there are people who like hate watch videos on YouTube. So do people hate play video games? I feel uh, is that that's a, a commitment. 
like a thousand yeah. hours of hate playing. I don't know. I don't. Yeah, I, true. I don't know. But yes, let us dive into our our big topic, which is Evil Dead the game. For me, it's been one of my most anticipated games. You know, I joked after the Game Awards announcement that had Elden Ring and Evil Dead the game in the same showcase. That like that is the best. That's the that was the one two punch. It went Evil Dead the game and then Elden Ring closed out the mm-hmm. showcase. And I, I was like, for me. You literally can't, you can't top that. I don't think that'll ever be topped again in life. So I've just been, you know, joking about how Evil Dead the game and Elden Ring are going to be the two game of the year contenders this year, blah, mm. blah, blah. Um, knowing full well that Evil Dead the game could be mediocre, could be a, yeah, a yeah. hot mess, could be as much as I want it to be good because I'm an Evil Dead fan. I understand the reality of making a multiplayer game in general and making a multiplayer game based on the ip of evil dead so mm-hmm. i knew deep down this could have been a big old stinker so yeah it brings me great pleasure to say that evil dead the game is not a stinker it's in fact one of my favorite multiplayer games just even if i'm ignoring the the love that they have for this ip one of my favorite multiplayer games in a while um so what i want to talk about first is you know what are your thoughts on the gameplay loop? Because we've seen a lot of asymmetrical horror games. Mm-hmm. We have Ghostbusters coming out later this year. We have Texas Chainsaw Massacre coming out this year. We've had Friday the 13th. We've had Dead by Daylight. So asymmetrical horror in particular has got this big boon. It's got a lot of momentum right now. Yeah. Um, so how do you feel about the core loop of Evil Dead the game compared to Dead by Daylight, Friday the 13th? I think so. One, so I agree with you. First of all, I, I love the game. Uh, definitely would recommend people try it. Um, I think that one thing that is fun about um, Evil Dead, the game, is that it sort of takes the great elements of other asymmetrical um, games in the in the like but make it better and more intricate. I think that compared to a lot of other asymmetrical games, um, you have a progression system i would say maybe like dbd has a progression system as well kind of that's a bit more in depth but compared to i would say the game that it makes me think of the most which is friday the 13th um it definitely brings another layer of you know investment when it comes to your character progression and it's not just about like you know adding um you know perks to your character or whatever there's really different weapons that you can choose you know whether you're playing demon or 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 a survivor you can fight back um i think that's where there's a a, a better i would say um gameplay compared to something like dbd in my personal opinion is that you know when you're playing survivor you have more to do and you can defend yourself and i think that the spirit of the game is more balanced in that way uh, at its core um i personally sort of gave up on dbd just because i was almost only playing killer um and you know because survivor i felt was kind of very repetitive uh regardless of what characters you picked regardless of what type of perks you picked the objectives were the same you know the actions that you had to take were the same i think in evil dead there's more intricacies and more um mechanics to play with uh there's character classes there's different abilities different weapons uh different things that you can pick up in the ground um and so i think it's it's it requires a bit more um, level of expertise to master compared to maybe other um, games. So I, I would say that like you definitely need to get into the learning curve. Um, it's not 
as I would say as pick up and play as maybe other games in the genre. But I think it's to its advantage because I think that on the long term, it has a better replayability in my in my opinion. I totally agree. As much as I love Dead by Daylight, as much as I love Friday the 13th, those games struggle with the actual gameplay. Dead by Daylight, yeah. especially. You're talking about the survivors. I've put a lot of time into Dead by Daylight, but the quick time events of repairing the generators, it's one of the biggest disappointments of Dead by Daylight for me is the it fact gets that they've so quick. Yeah. They've never never introduced any other mechanics. Mm-hmm. Like when you're the survivor, you can run, you can knock over a pallet. And you can fix a generator. And that to me is, it's not a compelling gameplay loop. It's, yeah. it's, it's really not. And debt and Friday the 13th, it introduced more dynamics. You had more objectives, more ways to play, but the actual gameplay itself was super, super janky, especially yeah. if you played at launch. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Hilarious in a lot Very of ways. Frustrating. <laughs> Falling through the ground, you get into a car, you and the car would go underneath the map. So it's, it was janky in a lot of ways. The combat was not good. Um, so Evil Dead, the game, in a lot of ways, takes a lot of those foundations and improves upon them. Yeah. Um, it also borrows from other genres as well. Uh, a lot of elements of Battle Royale in here. There's the, the mm-hmm. spooky web that closes in towards the end of the match. There's looting. There's the weapon rarity system. You touched on the character classes. To me, as someone who plays a lot of MOBAs, like the, those nerdy meta mechanics that are baked into that that gets me excited and like you touched on that makes it way more complicated Mm -hmm. um so for like the average player who wants something like friday the 13th that might be too much but if you're someone who has a squad you want to like balance figure out what the meta is figure out how to counter certain demons there's a lot of nerdy numbers and nerdy like abilities that you can really kind of fixate on and for me that's huge like and that has made it I'm playing it way more than I thought I would because I was worried that even though the gameplay was tight, that the overall loop might become really stale after yeah, yeah. after a few dozen matches. But it's still something I'm playing every single night and having a good time because of all the dynamics that are in this this big old boiling pot. Yeah, and I find myself really liking to play both uh, as the demon and uh, as a survivor, like like in a night when I'm going to play, you know, compared to like in DBD, like I said, I like played killer way more than I would play survivor because I felt that's where there was, you know, more um, variety when it comes to gameplay. And in this game, it's kind of just more balanced in that way. You know, like I'll play a couple of games at demon and then, you know, if I'm losing a bunch then I'll just switch to survivor, but I'm going to have, you know, as much fun, you know, regardless of, what um what side i'm i'm playing on and you know i found like my sort of you know favorite you know uh characters to play and like things like that um and so you know already i can feel sort of my uh usual uh game um preferences you know sort of uh, uh shine through this game as well like i love to play usually either tankish uh characters and also um healing so in this game, you know, I was like, oh, I'll try other things, but I just ended up kind of like going back to what I like to usually do. So definitely the game sort of, uh, you know, calls back to these other games, like you were saying, you know, with these types of classes and types of abilities. And you have your, the whole like skill tree that you can also sort of like evolve to your liking. So, um, so yeah, definitely I would say a bit less maybe approachable than a game like a DBD, uh, especially for, um, you know, the, the intricate way that the gameplay works at first. Um, but, you know, if you're willing to just kind of 
get over that learning curve um, and put some time into it, I think it's worth the maybe initial roughness of it. <laughs> yes, there is a steep learning curve. And um, we're yeah. going to we're going to touch on that, because if you are someone diving into this game for the very first time, it's it's overwhelming. Like, yeah, it is. Even as someone is like myself, who played all of these asymmetrical horror games, who've played a ton of MOBAs. You really need to sit down and spend a few matches understanding all of the systems that are in play to really get a firm grasp of everything. And even still in the moment, there's a lot of different mechanics and elements happening. So you got to manage your health, your stamina, your fear. Uh, you got to see where you're you manage your teammates location. You got to manage objective yeah. locations. You got to manage the demon and their trap. So there's a lot at every second, really, that you have to think about. And that's that's a lot for someone who's kind of unfamiliar with the genre. So mm -hmm. um, what I want to do now is talk about basically break down the game on two main segments where Evil Dead the game succeeds and where Evil Dead the game needs a little bit of work. Mm -hmm. So. Let's start with where it succeeds in your eyes. What are the strongest elements of this game? So for me, a, a bit to 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 kind of say again what I what I was saying is first of all, we have to acknowledge it's fan candy. Like mm, yes. let's just get that out of the way. Like if you're an Evil Dead fan, um, this game does an amazing job at, you know, uh getting you to feel like you're playing a true Evil Dead experience. Um, whether it be through the one-liners uh, or just like the overall script, the characters, um, as well as just visually how it looks and how, especially the demon gameplay is very much, you know, inspired by the the the, the point of view of like, you know, the demons like you would see in the movies. Mm -hmm. um, yep. And so I think, you know, for someone who maybe doesn't care about Evil Dead, you might not necessarily pick up on those details. But I think that if you're someone who does enjoy Evil Dead, that's where I think the game really shines through, you know, the attention to details that the developers, uh, you know, took the time to really nail because any game that's inspired by a franchise, you know, sometimes it can be a little cringy or kind of not, you know, uh, truly um, representative of the franchise. Like they'll just take very popular, you know, one-liners, like things like that. But then you play it and you're like, eh, you know, they just kind of like just threw the typical you know one-liners and didn't really do much homework <laughs> you know aside from that but with this game i think they just the way that it looks uh in terms of, of uh, cinematography it's it, it feels like you're in an evil dead movie like like sequence like a chase sequence it's very it's very unreal especially i would say as demon uh it's it's kind of an unreal experience and it's a very unique gameplay i personally if i was gonna say like what's my favorite favorite i would say i like to play demon a bit more just because i think it's so unique um but uh but yeah so th that's like my first initial thoughts and again just to, to to go back to what i was saying i think the gameplay is more intricate i think it has more layers and it has uh more opportunity to grow in terms of content um and you know i'm very uh, i'm very hopeful for the future for this game so hopefully people will pick it up so that it can <laughs> have a future but uh yeah so yeah gameplay and to me just the lore and the the the, the fact that it's super fan candy would be for me the the two main aspects for me that are very strong. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I think what really makes Evil Dead the game great is the fact that the the core gameplay loop is fun. 
Like mm-hmm. whether you're playing as the demon or the survivor, it's just fun. Like they, the moment to moment gameplay is really, really fun. You touched on the demon first person cam. And if you've seen the movie, when you're the demon, you're blowing through trees, you're mm. blowing through like debris and everything's flying around you. So you have this huge sense of power and you feel mm. like this just mean entity. And then when you're playing as the survivors, you feel like you can fight back. Like if you're surrounded by a horde of enemies, it's never the sense of like, well, I guess I'm dead. It's, you know, it's tough, but I can fight through it. And then it's got the amazing executions. And there's like three or four executions for every single weapon yeah. type. And that's just always fun. It never gets old shoving the shovel yeah. in a dead eye's <laughs> neck and just like launching their head off with it. So Again, if you are a fan, it pays homage to the gore. It pays homage to the entire universe and the visuals. Like I did not Mm. not expect this game to look so damn good. And for the dynamic weather effects and the dynamic lighting and the physics to everything, Mm -hmm. everything about it looks so, so good. Like legitimately a lot better than most games I've played in a while. And it's I agree. It's weird that Evil Dead, the game is coming out as this kind of visual showcase this year. But. Damn, it, it looks so, so good. So I totally Very agree. crisp. <laughs> Fan service is great. Gameplay is great. And visuals in my eyes are honestly, without exaggeration, some of the best I've seen so far from a, a, a current mm. gen game. Yeah, a great voice acting as well. Um, you know, it's very uh, it's very immersive. Um, regardless of if you're playing, you know, Survivor or Demon, you feel very immersed into the into the game. And especially because, regardless of what side you're playing on, it's very high stakes. Um, so you're always ca- kind of like on edge <laughs> because you can't just relax in this game. Whether you're, you know, uh, being a, a Survivor or Demon, you're never truly safe. Um, when you're a Demon, you know, it's more about the time is running, you know, you're kind of like doing Mm -hmm. a race against the clock almost. And when you're uh, a survivor, you know, you're trying to not all die (laughs) and try to do your tasks and like, you know, sort of uh, uh, go through the different steps, you know, in terms of how the game uh, uh, progresses. Um, But uh, no, yeah, tons of fun for sure. Um, What do you say? You mentioned, you know, what would need work in your opinion? What are the things that you think could need some improvements? There's some really strange basic omissions for me in a lot of ways when it comes to customization for UI, for Mm. just general control. Um, I play on controller. And one of the first things I noticed is that there's you cannot control your aim sensitivity and you cannot turn off aim assist. And the aim assist in this is aggressive. Yeah. So, and this game is really emphasizes headshots and it'll lock onto the middle of their chest every time. So you have to like fight with the aim Mm. assist to get a headshot every single time. Stuff like that's weird. Um, The UI in the top left for the the hub where you see everyone's face is handy in a lot of ways. But when there's four ashes, all their faces all look kind of similar when they're really small in the upper left corner. Mm. So you'll have your buddy call out, Hey, I'm over here with this thing. And if they don't actually, if they don't actually mark, like put a marker down on the ground, you have no idea which one is which. And you're just spinning Mm -hmm. around trying to find which one of these guys in a blue shirt and a khaki is your buddy. And there are a lot of little things like that that I think need some tweaking. Um, Balance as well is another thing that Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm excited to see. They've already put out one big balance patch to, to really tweak some stuff, but yeah, there is definitely like Eligos, uh, Eligos, which is the puppeteer, I think, 
90% of people pick Eligos right now because Eligos <laughs> is just the best demon. It's just yeah. the best demon. And so it gets kind of tiring because there's only three demon archetypes. And when people have decided that that's the, the meta or that's the yeah. best demon, as much as there is variety, it feels like there isn't because you're just seeing Eligos over and over mm-hmm. and over and over. Like, okay, come on now. So those are kind of my big ones. Um, what about you? What are what are some areas of opportunity, as we'll call yeah. it? Yeah. Um, that's a very positive way to, yeah. <laughs> to put it. Um, so I would agree with you with everything you said. So I'm not I'm not gonna like echo that, but yeah, so um definitely same thing as you said. Also, I would say that beyond those like quality of life improvements, uh, when it comes to the UI and the interface and um the you know some settings also you know of course i work in accessibility so i would like to see a bit more uh tweaking uh, when it comes to options um and you know for people to be able to customize their experience you know depending on if they 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 play on keyboard or if they play on controller um you know you should be able to tweak that more um to your preference um also for me um i struggled um uh, a lot with the amount of ashes that there is <laughs> because even though <laughs> even though um you know of course they all come from different you know uh references um when you're in the game and things are happening fast i don't know who's who <laughs> and i don't remember who's the healer and who's the warrior and you know so um that's been a bit annoying to me and also even as a demon uh sometimes you know you want to strategize and who you're going to be focusing on and like you know sort of um oh you want to take down the healer or like whatever um and sometimes i get confused and then you know the guy I was initially focusing on was the wrong guy or like whatever. So I find myself being confused a lot, um, which, you know, is a little annoying. Um, so I don't really know what would be the, the fix for that, but maybe sort of making it visually a bit more, um, obvious, whether it be optional or whatever to like have perhaps icons or something like that. I don't know. But, um, so that's one thing. Also, I was very, very annoyed that there was no push to talk. Um, that's either on or off, right? Yeah. Yeah. And as a streamer, um, that's something that's really, really annoying, uh, because, you know, I don't always have like a full squad to play with. And so sometimes I'll play with random people and I don't mind that they have their, uh, microphone on, but the thing is that I speak to chat. I interact with my people on the side and they don't care about that. (laughs) So, you know, I want to make sure that, you know, I can just say what I have to say when I need to say it. But then outside of that, you know, I don't know who you guys are, so I'm not just going to like have a conversation and you don't care about me talking to my chat. So, you know, they need absolutely to have push a talk. That's like, for me, that that was almost a deal breaker for streaming the game. Um, because, I love to play multiplayer games, but the first thing I always do is activate push to talk because again, I'm streaming. And also some people are super obnoxious and they put on like a weird music or like whatever. Oh, and then you God. have to mute yeah. everybody and like, it's just super annoying. Um, and so that was, it seems small, but as a, as a streamer, that was super, super annoying. Um, and then other than that, it's just overall balancing, um, you know, things like you said, you know, I play puppeteer because that's the one I felt made the most, the most sense. Um, also just in the way that the, um, the game sort of like progresses. So if you don't know how the game, uh, sort of works. So at first you have to find the different pieces of the map when you're a survivor. 
And once you get the pieces of the map, then you get and you need to uh, destroy a dagger and you need to destroy, uh, was it the pages? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You need to destroy the pages. And then once that's done, then you can go and fight the dark ones in order to, um, you know, uh, uh, discover the Necronomicon. And then as a demon, your sort of objective is to either kill everybody and then you just win the game if they, they're all dead at the same time um, or downed. Or you can also destroy it. Or if you at the end, you're kind of like last save saving grace is you can destroy the book. The thing though, is that I personally have never won a game by destroying the book. I don't know about you, but like, I just felt it wasn't worth it. It was just, it was just way more simple to just try and kill people because the book has like infinite HP. It seems. (laughs) So, so those are my main things. Also, the solo missions are insanely hard. Like some of them are less bad, but some of them are just like, I haven't still haven't done them. The like, Pablo mission. Holy jeez! Ge- <laughs> and again, everyone's complaining about the it. beginning. Yeah. And there's no <laughs> checkpoints. Yeah. The first one is kind of tough. The first one like sets the tone for like, damn, okay, this actually is not going to be a walk in the park. Cause you need to complete yeah. all five. If you want to get all the characters in the game. Mm-hmm. So they're required. If you want to play Pablo, a leader, Ash, and Arthur and Amanda as well. Are there four tied to it? Uh, yeah, I think so. Amanda, yeah. Okay, there are four. So there are four characters tied to these missions, and whew, the Pablo one is like <laughs> no thirty minutes bro. long. It's like a thirty-minute long miss- mission. I got to the end of that mission three separate times and died. Oh my god! I spent like close to an hour and a half trying to beat the <laughs> Pablo mission, and by the end, like I was so happy for it to be done. Like. So yeah. there, there are cool moments and cool mechanics in those in those solo missions, but yeah, a checkpoint system would have been nice if they're going to be yeah. thirty minutes long. And oh my god, oh I just like that mission in particular. I was raging, like I just yeah. I was. It put a damper on my overall enjoyment of the entire mm. like single player suite that they offer because it, it's cool that they do and they're going to add more. Mm. Um, but man, they are not enjoyable consistently yeah because like you said like i don't i don't have that much of an issue with them being quite challenging but put on god darn checkpoints like it's so frustrating when you get to the very end and you're almost there you have like one guy left to kill or something and then you die and then you start all over it's 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 truly a test on you know sort of handling you know gamer rage honestly it's 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 a social experiment <laughs> it, it, it <laughs> takes you back to the glory days of oh playing a video Lord. game when you would die and you just be like well i guess i just got to do it all again and we you know <laughs> yeah. you could say we're spoiled quote unquote in this day and age but also the standard's been set that we shouldn't have to redo 30 minutes of progress effort mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's not that type of game too. It's like, you know, it's the solo missions are there, uh, sure. But you know, the, the, the focus of the game is not there. So, you know, if people are, you know, having fun playing these multiplayer missions, when they get to these solo missions, I feel like it's, it's a weird contrast, you know, of, you know, getting there and it's like very, very difficult. And to a point unfair and you're like what the hell is going on i've been chilling with my buddies you know like you know killing deadites and now i'm getting my ass absolutely handed to myself like the hell yeah yeah i have a couple buddies who have just given up 
like about mm. on the Pablo mission. That's the one yeah. that I've everyone I've talked to has been like, that's the one where either you just commit and you power through and you get to the end or you're just like, ah, OK, I guess I don't need Pablo. I don't need Pablo mm. and I don't need Arthur because I don't want to do these. So I agree. Those solo missions are <laughs> gnarly. Absolutely yeah. gnarly. Um, I guess one final question on this topic. We touched on this a little bit about the, the fan service and how much this mm-hmm. caters to fans. But do you feel that you ha- have to be a fan to really enjoy it? No, no, I would say absolutely not. However, I would still say that because I think there was so much work and passion, you know, that was uh, uh, included in terms of making sure that the the game was representative of the franchise, that I think the game really shines through that sort of um, uh, uh, work on the detail. You don't have to know them or appreciate them, but I do think it adds a whole layer of appreciation that maybe I wouldn't have if if I had tried the game not knowing about Evil Dead or whatever. So you don't you don't have to, but I would say that it's definitely a big chunk maybe that you're missing uh, from the lore and from the content if you're not really aware um, of the movies. So yeah, you don't you don't need to, but it I, I would say it helps. What about you? I, I totally agree. We one of our core group members who's been playing with us every night he hasn't seen a second of evil dead he's never seen a single movie never watched the show but he's still having a ton of fun because the gameplay loop is just is just so great that Mm. being said anyone who's been a fan of evil dead knows it's been a licensing nightmare the the saga has just been nothing but a licensing headache the first movie was called the evil dead the sequel is called evil dead 2 because they couldn't get the rights to the evil dead and they had to basically do a pseudo remake retelling of the original for Evil Dead 2 and then into Army of Darkness. And then when they did Ash versus Evil Dead, they couldn't get the rights to Army of Darkness when they were making that TV series. So they couldn't reference any of the events that happened in mm-hmm. Army of Darkness until season three. And then season three, they got the rights to talk about Army of Darkness in the show and had to retroactively add some stuff in. So this whole saga has been a mess. And so <laughs> to see this game somehow get all of the licensing mm. for all of these different worlds. Uh, when I was talking to the team, you know, ahead of release, I, I asked, how much of a nightmare was it to do this? How much of a, a licensing nightmare was it to make this happen? And then Tim, the the CEO of Saber, just laughed. He's like, you have no idea, dude. You have no <laughs> idea what it took to get all this. So it shows that this team does care about the the, the franchise and the series. Mm-hmm. And they wanted to make a game that, you know, pays respect to the fans who've endured all the licensing hurdles of the last god several decades yeah yeah i i i agree i think that, that that's a really great point because a lot of games that you'll see like you know there's like dbd that have certain collaborations with um you know movie franchises and everything and sometimes those are being pulled <laughs> like the stranger things dlc now yeah, you can't get anymore the map's just gone it's a mess licensing is so hard in video games like i think people don't necessarily realize what it takes to even have, you know, whether it be a song or a reference to something, um, you know, uh, uh, even just having like sometimes if you're in a game and there's posters on the walls or like signs, you know, every single item, if if it's referencing to something, you have to get, you know, uh, permission to use it. And it's a whole, um, it's a whole nightmare. I remember uh, one of our directors on um, uh, Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy 
uh, said in uh, one of the interviews because people were asking, you know, uh, how do you know whether something was like licensed or not in the game? Because there's a lot of songs, there's a lot of different things, and uh, there's a lot of like uh, sort of memorabilia objects in uh, Star Lord's uh, a teenage uh, teenage bedroom, and uh, he said, if you see that, you know, the poster or the item has a weird different name than you know what it's supposed to be like i don't remember there was like a dungeon and dragon poster that was there but it was called something else like monsters and something you know it was like it's probably because we didn't get the license <laughs> and you see that a lot in games so it would have been a bit sad to see that in the game you know to have like pe people be called something else or you know have certain clothing have different names or like whatever you know i think it would have been a bit sad you know like oh it's the group of dark you know it's like instead of having you know just say the damn thing it's way more fun to hear you know the real references and things like that so it's true that it's great that they managed to uh to get everything for the game exactly it adds a great sense of personality for for fans and fans of the mm -hmm. franchise um so we got to talk about the future of this game because we've talked about the, the current state, the, the current foundation. But as we know, with with this ongoing games as a service, you know. I focus from a lot of publishers and developers right now. It takes a lot of work to su sustain that. It takes a lot mm -hmm. of work to keep your audience happy. It takes a lot of work to pump out content consistently and. We got to talk about what this game needs to do to maintain it and grow that audience. If it's, yeah, we know there is season pass one. They're straight up calling it season pass number one, which assumes that there's going to be a season pass two. And then from there, who knows what the, what the content roadmap is going to be. And maybe they don't even know. Maybe they want to see where it's yeah. at after a season or two and then go from there. But how do you sustain? What does this game need to do to, to, to grow and sustain an audience? So it's sometimes very hard to predict because uh, before we started the episode, you were talking about something which I think is true is that gamers attention span is is growing shorter and shorter mm -hmm. <laughs> over time because there's so much uh, available. Um, so in order to keep people hooked, you have to do a lot of things and you have to do a lot of um, familiar things but also innovative things. So it's a weird balance to have because yeah, you want to be unique, but you also want to kind of like reuse the successful sort of strategies and tactics to keep people engaged with your game, whether it be like a season pa pass, you know, uh, strategy or like loot boxes. I, I don't know what it like, what are the different, you know, best strategies. I'm not personally a big fan of loot boxes, but I understand why they exist. Um, so I would, I, I'm hoping that this game will sort of like try different things when it comes to the type of content that they push out, because even beyond hoping, for example, for different maybe gameplay modes or more demons, more characters, more maps, you know, those are all great. But ultimately, even if you add more maps and more modes, um, you have to have this very... Uh, quick cycle of content that keeps coming in and oftentimes that comes with uh, skins or it comes with different uh, uh, like community events you know like Fortnite is a good example of you know a game that has like you know content every week that changes you have like uh, partnerships with different brands you have events you have like uh, to uh, like uh, uh, tournaments you know things like that so I think that they have to grow an audience where they can make these types of events because for me i think that's where there's um uh, uh 
a culture that grows around your game is having it be uh, competitive in some ways, you know, being able to have like esports events, um, competitions with content creators, things like that. Um, and that's where you can build like a community that is going to keep coming back. Um, it goes beyond maps and characters. Like I said, I think they have to figure out a way to pump out um, innovative ideas to keep people engaged uh, week after week, because sometimes it only takes a week for someone to get over something. <laughs> so, you know, it's, it's hard, but it's hard to predict too, because you don't know what the next big thing is going to be. And, you know, Among Us was humongous for a couple months and now people still play it, but it's not what it used to be. Um, and so, you know, we see games like Friday the 13th, who, which was very big for a couple weeks and then sort of died down. Um, and I would be sad to see that game die down like that. So yeah, it's, it's, it's tricky, but, um, I think season passes is a good, is a good way to engage with your audience i'm still unsure what the season passes are to be quite honest like i'm a little unsure what you're paying for there um but yeah what about you what's your what's yeah your so it's that? it'll be interesting to see what the season pass one looks like because you can buy it right now so if mm. you bought the deluxe edition you have season pass yeah one, i got that but it sounds like new maps at least like castle kandar is coming out mm -hmm. they've announced that that will be the first dlc map that drops that's free for everyone and I don't imagine they want to separate the player base by having any sort of paid maps because that's yeah. in this day and age, just, it, it doesn't work. It, it, you know, that's an old school Call of Duty mentality yeah. that people <laughs> could get away with, but now you just can't. People are like, oh, I don't have this map. I don't want to play it. I'm moving on. And like you said, people move on so fast. People move on so, so. And Fortnite, I, know, I understand that 99% of games do not have the manpower to do what Fortnite mm -hmm. does and have weekly events where weapons and locations and all of these different things change every single week. That's a ton of work. But that being said, there's too many games as a service titles that launch and then have like a couple months. They'll have like yeah, two, yeah. three months where they don't have a big content drop. And by that point, people have moved on. And mm -hmm. maybe, uh, maybe some of them will come back. But yeah, it's, it's crucial in this day and age to have a consistent flow. So you know, I think as much as it will be a lot of work for a lot, a lot of these teams, you really need something once a month, at least something mm -hmm. like an event, a map, a character, something that people can like expect every single month because they want that engagement. And I think right now, Evil Dead's biggest weakness when you're comparing it to other games as a service titles is the customization, player expression. Like there mm -hmm. are some costumes kind of sort of, but you can't earn any costumes in game. Yeah. You don't have anything tangible to show you like, all right, well, this is I put in this much time and I have this cool outfit like that doesn't yeah. exist right now. And there's no there's no leaderboards. There's no. Yeah. yeah, there's no leaderboards. There's no emo like victory poses at the end of a match mm -hmm. would be cool. Emotes as dumb as those are like I love seeing stuff like yeah. that. Um, so I really think they need to find a way to lean into that. And that yeah. that way, people, even if it even if they can't put out a new map and a new character every month, because quite frankly, that's just that seems like a lot of work. Give me a new outfit. Give me like a week, uh, you know, bi-weekly challenges that I can grind out and get some new stuff. And that'll keep me engaged because as soon as you lose someone, it's I feel like it's infinitely harder to get a player back than it is yeah. to keep them. If you if you have that hook that keeps them playing, um, it's so much easier to keep them playing than trying to like, OK, it's been six months. It's been a year. Come on back. We got some stuff now. Come on. Check yeah. it out. Yeah. 
Well, that's the, that's the thing we were chatting about. What game was it? We were chatting about how they, oh, it was No Man's Sky, I think. You know, how, you know, we had a bad experience playing No Man's Sky. And then, you know, eventually they did sort of redeem themselves and like, you know, launched a bunch of new content and stuff. But it's like, uh, I'm already burnt, you know, like I don't really want to yeah. go back. You know, and that's something that happens a lot. So they really need to lean into the... Um, community aspects of it and i'm not even saying you know to kind of like be you know the community's slave you know like uh, of course you know gamers can be <laughs> you know we know how it, gamers it's can impossible be. <laughs> to satiate every gamer exactly <laughs> but i think having some sense of competitive play um competitive community you know i think would be really really good because a lot of people are competitive in video games and just want to be able to earn their badges and uh, level up and you know things like that because right now the leveling up system is sort of very um seamless i would say in terms of you know yeah you can see the person's like level but Yes, that's it. There's not really any celebration of that. There's not, you know, any system of, you know, playing with uh, people of, you know, certain ranks or, you know, being able to participate to esports events or anything like that. So I do hope that they will sort of try to nurture a space where people can um, have tournaments and like things like that, because I think that could be cool. Um, and that's where you can also grow your audience of hardcore fans. Um, yes. Yeah. So, so yeah, so we'll see. Um, but I, I'm ho hopeful though. Like, I mean, they did such a great job with this launch and they put so much time in making this game, you know, representative of the franchise. So accurate, so beautiful. Um, so, you know, I think the game is in good hands. It's just, you know, they're going to have to make, uh, some decisions and strategize for the future. Um, but, uh, I think it has a very good, um, a very good potential and also, you know, horror games are pretty in right now. So I think, you know, it's time to tap into that niche um, and kind of, uh, 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 yeah, just, just tap into it. it. It's huge. Like horror games are big right now. Uh, it's big on uh, for content creators as well. So, you know, there's people watching horror games, there's people playing horror games, like horror is becoming mainstream and I'm living for it. Yeah. Yeah. For, for horror nerds like us. Yeah. Let's go. 2022 year of horror there's so many yes. amazing we got callisto protocol mm -hmm. we got the quarry um, the quarry coming out we have evil dead the sons game, of the forest sons of the forest scorn like the list of of horror media coming out this year alone mm -hmm. is incredible and so yeah tap into that lean into it and maintain it is a good sign that pretty much day one they said here's the next map we'll, yeah. we, we're gonna announce the date soon so at least they are like telling their audience like we do have plans to support this and I'm just hoping that they can deliver on it because again, I don't want it to be like, Oh, the foundation's great, but you're not giving me stuff fast enough. So I'm going to go back to Fortnite or apex legends or whatever. You know, what would be great and like awesome is like a big esport ev event. That's just for horror like games. Yeah. You know, like a big event where, you know, you have like, DBD, you have Evil Dead, you have, you know, um, V Rising, you have, uh, you know, the, the different um, games like Phasmophobia, you have the upcoming, you know, Ghostbusters, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, whatever. And you just have like a bunch of horror fans, gamers uh, enjoying a good old spooky time together. That'd be awesome. Yeah, let's do it. Let's yeah, cause again, because a lot of what, you know, makes these games popular in a lot of ways and keeps them popular is 
if the the community, if the streamers are mm. engaging with it, if the content creators are creating content around it, and yeah, having a, a horror focused esports would would nurture that, you know, because then you get online, awesome. you can you can flex. I'm the best puppeteer in Evil yeah. Dead the game. <laughs> Watch my Twitch highlight reels of me just absolutely dominating. And just imagine all the cosplays and like yeah. all the boots there. You could you could be a commentator. <laughs> And would you look at that, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen? I think and, it'd be great. <laughs> all right. All right. Let's uh it's out there. Now it's just gotta happen. Now we just have to foster it, nurture it, and build it. Yeah. And they will come, right? That's the expression. Mm -hmm. Build it and they will come. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I I hope that's true. I don't know. That's that's a very accurate <laughs> statement, but yeah. All right. So that's again, I could talk about Evil Dead the game four days, but I think that's that's a good you know, a little bit if you've been playing some good feedback worth considering. If you haven't been playing, there's a lot of reasons to be playing um, cross play. So you can play with your buddies anywhere, which is huge. Mm, true. I love mm -hmm. seeing that a, a niche quote unquote horror game launching with cross play on everything. That is really, really huge. But let's talk about your weekly rabbit hole. What, what you've been diving into outside of the realm of traditional horror media this mm. Week. I'll get into that in a, in a second, but one quick question for you. Would you say that people need to buy the deluxe edition um, for Evil Dead? Or would you say that, you know, going with the base base game is uh, totally fine? It kind of depends. Um, my biggest complaint right now is if you don't buy the deluxe edition, you get zero skins. Zero. Mm. Zero customization. Uh, the deluxe edition does come with one pack of skins, at least. So you have some options for some characters. Um, but again, like it's... I've been burned buying season passes ahead of time. So I'm always leery to tell people to, hey, to buy the season pass. Mm -hmm. uh, that being said, I think it's like 10 bucks, 15 bucks. So if you have a group of friends and see yourself playing it, it is cheaper to do it that way. They always mm. get you that way. But um, I don't know. I, so it's more it's kind of like more if you if you want the skins and stuff like that, probably get it if you really don't care. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> if you're unsure if it's something you're going to grind, like I'm already at 70 hours in the game. So like I've gotten my money's worth. I'm already itching for that new content. Mm. Um, but if you're just if you're casually dipping your toes and you probably don't need it, you can buy the skin separately after the fact and the season pass after the fact if it is grabbing you. But it's cheaper. Yeah. You can say five. I think it's five bucks. So whatever. Gotcha. What? Gotcha. Um, so, yeah. So for the weekly rabbit hole. Um, so before I start, I do want to give a trigger warning because, uh, you know, I'm not going to get into much depth here. Um, but if you are going to go and <laughs> fall into that rabbit hole yourself, uh, just be aware that there are subjects of violence, uh, child abuse, murder and more. Um, so it's very heavy. Um, so if you are going to be diving deep. Just be aware that these are subjects that are going to come up uh, in conversations and things like that. Um, so the this week's uh, this week's uh, rabbit hole is called Lake City Quiet Pills. Um, I'm going to read a bit of an excerpt from uh, the Know Your Meme website because I think they gave a good summary that's very um, kind of like all encompassing. So Lake City Quiet Pills refers to an unsolved mystery about the image hosting site LakeCityQuietPills.com, um, suspected to have been run by redditor. Um, Religion of Peace, aka Milo, who moderated a subreddit called uh, R Jailbait, 
already, you know, you can see the type of content. <laughs> um, some have speculated that Lake City Quiet Pills uh, was a front uh, for ex-military contract assassins and have attempted to draw connections between the site and the assassination of um, Hamas officer uh, Mahmoud al-Mabou. Sorry if I'm butchering that name. <laughs> and in late January 2010, some have also speculated that Quiet Pills is a slang expression for referring to bullets. So on July 17th, 2009, Redditor26 submitted a post called The End of Religion of Peace. He died today to the uh, subreddit uh, that I was mentioning, claiming that the user Religion of Peace had passed away at the age of 79. So this is a very complicated story. So it was very hard to have a summary, but the story doesn't end there. Far from it. This is a very old mystery that is still being investigated. Um, it was only the, like that post of this guy dying was only the beginning <laughs> of a can of worms that still remains <laughs> an unsolved dark mystery on the internet. Dozens of conspiracies have been debunked while others have arose, generating more questions than answers. The website is still up, but we don't know who is taking care of it whether the owners have simply turned it into some type of twisted internet game or if it actually practices still like real nefarious activities. Um, because like when you go into the source elements and stuff like that, there's like weird mentions and things like that. So we don't know whether people have like taken over and sort of like turned it into like a weird ARG or something. Like it's kind of unclear what, what happened, but there's still very much a bit of an unsure uh, conclusion whether this Milo person is dead. Um, and that website was hosting a lot of problematic content. Um, and so there's a lot of unanswered um, questions when it comes to Lake Quiet City Pills. And, and, and as time goes by, it feels like the story is only t thickening. And we're talking about an almost, <laughs> you know, 15 year old saga at this point. And it feels like we're never actually going to know the truth. Um, is Milo dead? Many seem to think that he isn't. Um, is the website actually used for hitmans and things like that? We don't know. Um, but uh, yeah, so it's it's very deep. It's very dark. It's very twisted. Um, if you want to look into it more, uh, one YouTuber that I love and I often recommend is called Nexpo did a one hour video on the subject goes very much in depth, but also does a really good job of like filtering out the noise. Um, so definitely go look at his uh, video. Um, obviously, it doesn't show any type of problematic content visually or whatever, but there are subjects that can be kind of like difficult to hear. Um, you can also join the subreddit called our Lake City quiet pills uh, for more internet detectives who are still investigating this thing. Um, but yeah, it's very messed up. Um, at the same time, it's very unclear again, is this all just a hoax? You know, is this all just a game that these people have been playing and people have just been, you know, bite, biting at it for so many years and that's it? You know, we still don't know whether any real crimes have been committed. Like, we don't know. The only real crimes that we can say sort of have been committed is the suspicion of um, like, a, 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 you know, underage, like porn and things like that. But again, we don't know based on like the photos per se or whatever, because sometimes that, that can be misleading. So it's very odd um, and very strange and very dark, but it's definitely a rabbit hole that can <laughs> lead you into hours of uh, content on YouTube and Reddit. So that's uh, this week rabbit hole. 
Sounds like a uh, good thing for aspiring cyber sleuths, huh? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because the website itself, like people have tried to hack the website. Like there's a lot of shit going on. It's very deep. Um, like it kind, it's kind of like as close to dark web style stuff without going to the dark web that you can get. You know what I mean? You're just so, riding that fine line. Yeah, it's kind of that. It's kind of odd. It's kind of like dark web, but uh, there. <laughs> It's, it's like kind of odd. like not Nightcrawl. Uh, is it Nightcrawler? Is that the Jake Gyllenhaal movie where he's like the gritty dark detective? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. It's like you're the <laughs> yeah. internet version of that. You're, yeah. you're diving into the seedy side of the internet to try to uncover the truth. Yeah, yeah. It's very, it's very <laughs> weird. We don't know if these people are dead. We don't know who's owning the website now. We don't know whether the person who announced that he was dead is himself. We don't know. We don't know anything, but. There's so much going on, and yet we don't know the truth. So it's very, very crazy. But uh, yeah, that's that for my segment this week. Ooh. What about uh, what about your um, hometown horror? Hometown horror, yeah. So this is the part of the show where we want your local urban legends, scary stories, and unexplainable experiences. If you have one of your own to share, you can send us an email at fearontappodcast at gmail.com. My story today is phantom canyon road in colorado so we often hear of haunted houses or cursed graveyards but rarely are supernatural occurrences tied to a stretch of road however there is one such roadway in colorado that local residents associate with ghost sightings phantom canyon road is a detour off the gold belt tour byway connecting cripple creek problematic and Florence <laughs> and was originally the railroad for that route. There have been countless individuals who've reported seeing apparitions while driving along the stretch of road to make things even more haunting. You can clearly see the ghost towns of Wilbur Adelaide and Glenbrook. So this stretch of road has a, a series of just old abandoned ghost towns in it as well. So legend has it that the reason for Phantom Canyon's name is credited to the sightings of a man wearing a prison uniform walking along the tracks in the 1890s. The man supposedly had been executed at the Colorado State Penitentiary a few days earlier. So if you're ever cruising around the, the mountain roads of Colorado and want to take a, a spooky detour, just go ahead and hit up Phantom Canyon Road. Bring your EMFs. <laughs> exactly emfs get did you hear that did you did you because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you want to go take a little hike on the side of the road <laughs> yeah exactly you know so yes again if you have one to share if you have a scary story of your own to share send it to us at fear on tap podcast at gmail.com but that is going to do it for episode nine of fear on tap if you want to talk more horror with us, you can follow us on social media at Fear on Tap. My personal handle is at Miles Dampierre. And my handle is at the Slasher Chick. And we originally talked about watching Freddy versus Jason for this mm. episode. Are we, do we want to do that for next episode or what you feeling? Yeah, sure. Let's do that. Let's do so, Freddy so versus Jason. Freddy versus Jason. If you want to revisit that, stinker the stinker of a movie we're going to be discussing <laughs> that in the next episode but in the meantime take care and we will talk to y'all soon bye
Bye.